Welcome to the Experience Christian Church Message Podcast. We are a church startup based out of Exton, Pennsylvania, committed to giving the community a fresh start with God and with church. Our mission is to help people experience God's love in a practical way. We would love to connect with you. Would you text ECC info to 94000 or go to our website, experiencecc.org for more information and to learn how you can be a part of our community. Enjoy today's message. Good morning. morning. It is good to be here with you today. We want to take time to pray before we enter into God's word. And then we want to get right to our message for today. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to come before your presence today. We ask that you would use this time to help shape shape us and mold us after your will. We thank you, Lord, for what you will do today. We ask that you would change us, Lord, so that we're different leaving than when we have entered the door. Allow this as a time that we can grow together as your people and that we can give you the honor and give you the glory. We thank you. In Christ's name we pray, amen. We want to take time to uh, acknowledge um, that it is Caribbean American Month, all right? And we also want to take time to acknowledge all of those who are graduating, who are graduating today. Amen. If you're graduating, stand. Just want to see who we have in the building who might be graduating. Okay. I know Sanai is graduating, all right? She went downstairs. Okay, all right, all right. As we are finishing up the book of Luke, the Bible reminds us of the Great Commission, that there is forgiveness for sin for all of those who repent. And we must be able to stand on that truth. And it prompts us to say that if you don't stand for something, that you will fall for anything. Uh, That's what we want to take a look at today. If you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. It's like a city that doesn't have any walls that is under siege. People just come in at random and do whatever it is that they do because the city is not protected. If you don't have biblical principles that are rooted and grounded in your life, then it's difficult to be able to make a good decision on many critical areas of your life. It's like getting married. Uh, getting married is really a matter of the selection process. Uh, if, you're, if you have the ability to be able to select rightly according to the word of God, you'll be on good ground. But all the love in the world can't change a person that you are connected to without God's help. Amen. And so it's important that we recognize that the Apostle Paul reminds us of some things that we need to be aware of in life, that there is spiritual warfare that is going on, that there are distractions, that there are things that are trying to pull us away from what God intended us to do. I'm going to ask that you would turn in your Bibles to Ephesians chapter number 6. Ephesians chapter number 6, verse number 10. Here the Apostle Paul is trying to help us understand the battle that we face each and every day in which we wake up, that there is a battle that's being waged, and you must be prepared for this battle if you want to be successful in all that God is calling you to do. 
The Apostle Paul says in Ephesians chapter number six, starting with verse number 10, a final word, be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in heavenly places. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so that you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you'll still be standing firm. One of the things that I've noticed as Paul wrote this to us is that he continues to use over and over and over again the word stand or standing. That's what God is calling us to do. He didn't call us to fight. He called us to stand. And many times we find ourselves wore out and discouraged because we spend a lot of time trying to fight an unseen battle because the attacks that have come to us in life sometimes we don't always or we're not always prepared for them and so this morning I want to ask you a series of questions are you an affected Christian or an effective Christian are you effective or effective when you're affected, it means that you are a victim. It means that all the things that are happening to you affect your walk with the Lord. Or are you victorious? Are you effective as a Christian? And it's what happened through you that makes the difference. You see, when you are affected, it means that you are influenced by something or someone. When you are affected, it means that you are emotionally moved. It, when you are affected, it means that you behave in ways which try to impress other people. However, when you are effective, it means that God has used you for a desired result, that you leave a strong impression on people by the way in which you live your life, that you are fully equipped and ready for action. So today, the Bible reminds us that we need to be standing on something. And the question is, what are you standing on today? When I say, what are you standing on? It means, what is your belief? What do you know is right in the sight of God? Pastor Brown has always asked the question often, and people want to know what Pastor Brown thinks. And they always are waiting for my response. They come with these myriad of questions of things that they want to know. And oftentimes I say to them, well, what does the Bible say? See, because I don't have an opinion. I have to get my directions from headquarters and I'm under strict orders in order to find, in order to follow what God has already set for me. So it doesn't matter what I think, it matters what God thinks. And what God thinks on a particular issue will help you in every area of your life. For the Bible reminds us in Joshua chapter number one, verse number eight, he says, study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night so that you will be sure to obey everything written in it. 
Only then you will prosper and succeed in all that you do. This is my command. Be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. When you serve God, there's always a cost. Amen. The cost might be you might lose your popularity. You might lose some family and some friends. You might be criticized, but there's always a flip side to it as well. The flip side is that it can be a blessing for you because then you can personally know God for yourself. You can have God's love on the inside. You can have joy on the inside. You can have peace that passes all understanding. You can have patience and be able to wait through a situation until God shows up. You experience the kindness of God and the goodness of God and the faithfulness of God. And he'll give you self-control that you'll be able to make sure that you continue to follow in all of his ways. Uh, We got to make sure that we are prepared for what God is calling us to do. Point number one. When we look at this passage of scripture and we try to unpack it, this word stand, it has several different meanings which help us to be able to stand in any situation that we find ourselves. In Ephesians chapter number six, verse number 10, the Bible says a final word, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put all of God's armor on so that you will be able to stand firm against all the strategies of the devil. Uh, We've got to be able to stand in God's power and not our own strength. Oh, I'm going to say that to you one more time. You've got to learn how to be able to stand in God's power and not your own strength. What influences you to continue to carry on with your walk with the Lord? influences a very powerful role in your life and it helps to shape what you believe and your outlook on life. When we look at influence, we've got to understand that influence has a strong presence in our lives and it has to do with our thoughts and our actions. The Bible reminds us that without a principled stance, without a place that we can stand on and be influenced in the right way, we are vulnerable to be influenced in the wrong way. And we can adopt ideas without critically evaluating the evidence. It means that we can be duped. Uh, In other words, when we grow up in life, there is what we call peer pressure. That there is pressure from the people around us trying to influence us to do things that everybody else is doing. It's a desire for acceptance where we can be a part of a group and we can feel wanted and needed and a part of a majority of people. But if we don't have the right circle of friends, they can lead us in the wrong way. And sometimes peer pressure can lead us down the wrong road. And that's why God has left us the word of God to give us guidance and direction so that when people are not doing what we need to do, then you need to be able to follow God. Not only do we experience peer pressure, but we also experience media and society pressure. We watch the news and they try to influence us on things that are going on in our country. They tell us a part of the story. 
it's important because we can be receivers of information without critically evaluating that information. In other words, we've got to learn how to sift things through the word of God. We've got to be able to process information that comes into our mind to determine whether or not this is from God or this is from something else. And when the word of God is planted in your mind, you will be able to tell the difference between what's right and what's wrong. When you're not able to do that, you can be the victim of misinformation and manipulation. We've got to make sure that we are clear, that we are influenced in the right way. We've got to be able to stand. Now, life is a struggle. And we get opposition all the time. We have opposition through the lust of the eye, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. But the Bible tells us in 1 John chapter number 4 that we belong to God, my dear children. You have already won the victory over these people because the spirit who lives in you is greater than the spirit who lives in the world. That's good news this morning. Amen. It's good news that greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. That means God has given me the power to overcome any obstacle that I am faced with. And we must always remember that the struggle that we find ourselves in is because we are in a spiritual battle, not a physical battle. We are in a spiritual battle, not a physical battle. So my strength is not enough to compete with my adversaries. My natural ability has become an obstacle in my walk with God. Our our flesh and the way that we do things has become a perfect weakness, and we must depend upon an all-sufficient Savior to give us the strength that we need from day to day to be able to get through this spiritual warfare that we are faced with. See, we have to learn how to fight the good fight of faith. And we can depend upon the grace of God that enables us to be able to accomplish his will, even when we can't pull it off on our own. We've got to depend upon the power of God. In other words, after you've done all you can, you leave it up to God to do all the rest. Amen. You walk by faith and not by sight. You trust God to work out all the details. Be faithful to all that you know how to do and then watch God do all the rest. We've got to put on the armor of God. We have to learn how to live in God's power so that we are not naked and exposed to the fiery darts of the enemy. We must be influenced in the right way. We've got to be able to stand for something so that we don't fall for anything. It's important because when we take a look at this passage, we find ourselves in a position where we must make a critical decision. When we're standing, it means that we're in a position. And it means the decisions that we make determine the position in which we stand. In verse number 12, the Bible says, for we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world against mighty powers in the dark world and against evil spirits in heavenly places. We have to be able to make a sound decision 
We've got to be able to navigate these challenges by making clear-cut decisions that will help us to continue to walk with God. And God says that sometimes in life you got to make a stand and just plant your feet and stand there. We need a moral compass, something that helps us determine the difference between what's right and what's wrong. We have to have values that guide our life, values that help us to make the right decision. We, we can't just float through life and think that just because we've gone to heaven, we can live any old way that we want to. No, we've got a God to be able to serve. And because he's done so much for me, I want to give my life back in praise to him. The Bible says it this way in Romans chapter number six, verse number one. What shall we say then? So we continue in sin that grace may abound. God forbid. How shall we continue in sin that we have been made dead to? No, this is not a license to sin. This is not an opportunity to do wrong and then go to God because he can forgive us. No, this is an opportunity to be able to stand on what God has already said to us. And we've got to be able to think critically and be able to process information and understand the difference between what's right and what's wrong. And when we can do that, you'll be able to stand on the truth of God. Not too long ago, me and my family had an opportunity to go away and spend some time just being able to relax and enjoy ourselves. Anytime the Browns go away, it's always an adventure. There's always something that happens during vacation. And so we found this resort that we would go to in northern New Jersey. And we made our way out there. We got there. It was in the evening on Saturday night. We took all of our items into the unit that we were staying in. We got a chance to find out where all the spaces were and where everybody was going to stay. And we went to bed got a good night's rest, got up in the morning, went out, got some breakfast, and then came back in. And anytime we go anywhere, there's always this itinerary of things that we need to read. So we get in and we start reading the itinerary, and itinerary number one says, you know, if you uh, need anything, this is the number to the front desk. Number two, if you're missing any items, you need soap, you need paper towels, this is how you get housekeeping. We're going down the list, and we get to number nine, and number nine says, beware, you are in bear country. (laughs) Number nine. It says, do not leave any trash out on your front step because the bear will come up and get it. And if you encounter a bear, do not turn and run. Face the bear and speak to the bear and let them know that you are human and that you pose no threat to the bear. So we're laughing and joking. You better be careful when you go out because there might be a bear out there. So the next day after we get there, my wife is in the bedroom and she's signaling me to come to the window. And she's not speaking, but she's pointing to the window and looking on the outside. And there on the outside of our window is a six-foot black bear with two baby cubs playing on the sidewalk that we had just walked in to our unit. 
So now we're watching the bear. My first instinct is to go and lock the door. Now, I don't know why I think the bear is going to come in with a key, but my first instinct is to lock the door. And we're watching the bear. This bear is huge. When it stood on its hind legs, it was six foot tall. It had to be at least 400 pounds with these two little cubs. So I go out on our balcony, which is on the second floor, and I watch to see where it goes. And it lives about 100 feet away from our front door (laughs) behind a tree. And I'm saying to myself, we came into this house and there was a bear right there and we never saw it. So as I'm out on the balcony, there's a a lady who was unpacking her car in the unit next to us. And I said, do you know that there's a bear bear? She said, yeah, I know there's a bear bear. It was charging at me the other day. So I go back in the house. I said, we, we've got to call the front desk and let them know we've got to be moved immediately because there is a bear. So we call the front desk and the front desk think this is hilarious. We call the front desk and we say, listen, there's a bear. She said, did you read item number nine on the itinerary? We said, yes, we know that they're bears, but there's a bear a hundred feet away from us. You've got to call somebody so that we can move. They said, well, we're sorry. We can't move you right now. The rental office is not open till Monday. Today is Sunday. I said, well, somebody has to do something about the bear. They said, we'll send up our security crew and they will come and they will and they will shoo the bear away. Now, we know that you're upset. But don't be upset because there's going to be a loud noise. I said, I'm not upset of a loud noise. I'm upset because there's a bear 100 feet away from us. So I'm waiting out on the balcony. Security people come up. They do a U-turn and they go back down the hill. So I call back the front desk. I said, the security people were up here. They said, well, did you leave out any trash on it? I said, no, I didn't leave any trash out on the front so the bear could come up. I'm telling you, you've got to do something about this bear. They said, well, let me call the security people back. Can you bear with me while I do this? I tell my family, look, pack up your stuff. It is time to go. They said, well, maybe it'd be easier if you go out and get something to eat. I can't go out and get anything to eat. There's a bear that's 100 feet away from my unit. So we pack up and we come back. You've got to be able to make critical decisions at important times of your life. I don't want to be in a position where I am faced between a bear and its cubs coming out of my unit. So it was better that I go back home. Now, the blessing about that is that when we got back home, we found out that we had a better unit, more room, more availability someplace else than we're in the place that we went to. 
So there's always a way that God blesses you. Amen. In every situation you find yourself. We must be able to maintain our position. Uh, we have to understand that we are behind enemy lines right now. And that it's our responsibility to share our faith to win people to Christ. It's important because we are not ignorant to Satan's devices. They might be unseen, but they are not unknown. We know how he operates in our lives. And this battle is being waged not in the unknown realm, but in our minds. That's where the problem starts. That's where the battle is won and where the battle is lost in our minds. The enemy wants control of your thinking. And when he has control of your thinking, then your actions will follow. The Bible says it this way in Romans 12, 1 and 2. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead to you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world, but be transformed into the new person by changing the way in which you think. Then you'll learn to know God's will for you, which is good, pleasing, and perfect. Now, you'll notice here when you read this scripture that there are levels of organization that the enemy has to try and discourage us. He can never defeat us. God is sovereign in every situation, so we've got to be clear that we're in a battle that we have already won, but we've got to be faithful to what God has already called us to do in spite of the fact that the enemy is annoying. Yeah, yeah, he tries to annoy you into misbehavior. He tries to convince you and he tries to get on your nerve. He tries to remind you of all the things that God hasn't done when God has blessed you over and over and over and over again. He's trying to discourage you and he has organizational levels in which he does this. In other words, if you don't stand for something, then you'll fall for anything. Well, Pastor Brown, how do we fight this battle? How do we become victorious? Well, James chapter number four, verse number seven tells us, so humble yourselves before God, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come close to God and God will come close to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, purify your hearts for your loyalty is divided between God and the world. Let there be tears for what you have done. Let there be sorrow and deep grief. Let there be sadness instead of laughter and gloom instead of joy. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up in honor. How do we resist the devil and draw close to God? Number one, you have to admit that God is right and that we are sometimes wrong. We've got to humble ourselves before his presence. We've got to yield to God's authority in our lives. We've got to recommit our lives over again back to God under his control to follow godly direction. We've got to resist the devil. We've got to reject the urge or the impulse to do what's wrong. We've got to learn how to follow God in spite of how we might feel about a situation. Always remember that sin is a choice. 
You got to seek God's forgiveness for sin and dedicate your life and be obedient to the leading of the Holy Spirit. And then the Bible says, then the Lord will lift you up and God will use you in great and mighty ways for his kingdom. Lastly, point number three, the Bible says that we must maintain our position, that we must have the right attitude. The Bible tells us we need to put on every piece of God's armor so that we'll be able to resist the enemy of evil. Then after the battle, you'll still be standing firm. See, there's something that you've got to do in the battle. And what you got to do is you got to put on the armor. Oh, I don't think that you heard me. God supplies the armor, but we've got to put it on. Amen. And God gives us armor because he knows that we need the protection in order to be able to stand. See, the Bible says the thief's purpose is to kill, to steal, to kill and destroy. He said, but I have come that you might have life and life more abundantly. See, when the enemy comes, he comes and he tries to steal your joy. He gets you to try and complain instead of praise God. He comes to disrupt your peace. He comes to try and frustrate you instead of allowing you to be calm in the presence of God, knowing that God has everything in his control. He comes and he tries to separate your fellowship from God. So he always gives you an excuse or a reason not to be able to show up with the family of God because he want to keep you away from all that God wants to do. And the last thing is you can't be caught in a stronghold. See, when you give an inch to the devil, he's going to take a mile. And so you can't give up any ground. You've got to learn how to stand on what God tells us to do. So we need some props here so that we can understand how we need to stand. So I brought some props with me. That's going to help us to be able to stand in the midst of our adversity. I, I got it. I got it. That's your armor. Everybody ought to have a bag of armor that you put on every day. Amen. You need something that's going to be able to protect you and be able to keep you. First thing you need, you need the breastplate of righteousness to be able to cover up all those areas of your life. You got to put it on. Amen. Amen. See, when God says put it on, it means that's something that you got to do in your life so that you can be covered. Amen. Amen. This is the breastplate of righteousness. It means that you're living right. See, you can't wear this if you're living wrong. You can't wear this if you're doing wrong. God says in order to be protected, you've got to put on the breastplate of righteousness, which means you got to have an, a valid attempt. You got to be trying to live right. And this area of your life can be connected and can be protected. You need a belt. You need the belt of truth. I think I'm good. 
that's walking in God's truth. Amen. It helps to hold all the other pieces together in place because you're standing on God's word. You're doing what God calls you to do. You're walking in truth. That means you're covered. Can't find my other shoe. I'm missing one shoe, but it's better to have one shoe than no shoe. Amen. The Bible says that you ought to have on your feet the gospel of peace. So that it means that wherever you walk and you live your life, you ought to be living in a way that's bringing peace to other people and peace to your own life. Amen. At least you got to have one shoe. Amen. You got to have the helmet of salvation. The helmet, it protects your mind. See, because if he can get into your mind, he can get into your actions. Amen. You got to be born again. You got to know that you saved. You got to know that you belong to the family of God. So you got to have that helmet on so you can have some sense in the battle. Amen. Amen. You can tell I've been in some battles. Amen. My, my shield is kind of scratched up here. Amen. But, but you got to have the shield of faith. Shield of faith is able to protect you. The Bible didn't say fight. It said stand. So, so you got to learn how to stand in the midst of adversity. You got to learn to hold up the shield of faith in order to quench the fiery darts of the enemy. You got to be prepared in your stance. And, and when everything else fails, you got to have the word of God, which is your weapon, your sword, in order to be able to protect you. Now, it's not easy to be able to follow God, but God will give you everything you need to be able to stand. So having done all to stand, stand firm in what God has called you to do. It might be a might long battle, but God can see you through. You might have to go through some pain. You might have to go through some hurt. You might have to go through some sadness. You might have to go through some tears. You might have to go through adversity, but stand anyway. You'll notice that you have to stand because God don't want you to retreat because it ain't no protection when you retreat. Your back is open and you can get shot and wounded. God doesn't want you to give up any ground. He didn't tell you that you got to take ground. Just stand on what he's already said that you need to do. Stand on the truth of his word. Stand in God's ministry that he's given you to do. Be faithful to what God has called you to be. And God can use you in great and mighty ways. Because if you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. God has made us to stand. God gives us a place to stand in. Just hold your ground. Don't throw in the towel. Don't give up. 
don't back up, but follow God all the way through to the end. And when you get to the end, you already have the victory. In fact, God has already given us the victory. He said that you are more than conquerors because you are in Christ Jesus. He has already won the battle for you. All you got to do is stand. And when you stand, you help somebody else from falling. When you stand, God will give you a solid stance so that you can make it in all that God has called you to do. God bless your family. If you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. Thanks for joining us. We hope something you heard today will draw you closer to God and encourage you to know him better. If you found this message podcast helpful, please subscribe, write a review, and consider sharing it with someone else. If there is anything we can do for you, a question we could talk through with you, a prayer we could say on your behalf, or a need you have, please don't hesitate to let us know. We are better together. Please connect with us soon. Take care.